gospel is um, relatively short, but it's also very rich. But if I lose you halfway through, don't worry. Um, watch The Chosen, um, especially the character of Matthew. And for what it's worth, episode, season one, episode seven, I think they take a little bit of, the producers take a little bit of Zacchaeus and mix him with Matthew, and you get a little feel for what it was like to be the tax collector in the town that no one really likes, trying to see Jesus, even climbing up where you can see what's going on. Anyway, um, a few thoughts. We're just going to walk through slowly this gospel. And I just invite you, it's not so much of a sermon as a, almost a meditation or imagining the scene yourselves, but we'll see how we do. And, and mainly the point is, is, as our Lord calls each one of us to follow him, there's that initial invitation. There comes about a little bit of testing, a little bit of a, what is my response and how do I handle that? So we'll go into that, but notice before we even begin, our Lord is entering Jericho. and We hear that... Um, by the end of it, he sees, I have come to seek out the lost. And it's funny that um, Zacchaeus was seeking to see Jesus. Who's seeking who, right? Zacchaeus is seeking, but God's already seeking Zacchaeus. And before the scene even begins, Jesus, God, knows everything that's going to happen in this one little episode. He knows it ahead of time. He knows that there's Zacchaeus, the tax collector, he has to encounter him, maybe. But it's, it's worth pondering in our relationship with Jesus, like God... He does something first, and we respond. But the salvation moment, Jesus says, today salvation has come to Zacchaeus' house. That depends, first of all, on Jesus, but also on Zacchaeus. How does he respond? Does he respond or does he not respond? There's that dual role in our salvation. And right away, for what it's worth, just to make the point that it's God and us, it says that Jesus was passing through Jericho. He intended to pass through the town. Drew Brees was driving to New Orleans by way of Luling. He intended to pass through Luling. But because of Zacchaeus' actions and attitude, God changes his plan. And because of Zacchaeus' reaction, it says, Jesus tells Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, today I must stay with you. God's plan changed precisely because of something Zacchaeus did. How does that work? I don't know, but it's very important that we sometimes underestimate our own role in not just creation, which is very real, our role in God's creation, but also in our own salvation. God does it, but it also depends on our response. It's hinged upon our handling of certain situations. And this applies to so many things. My prayer life, whether my prayer life, it's just, well, God should make it easy, or what do I need to do in my prayer life, his role, my role, my spiritual growth, my spiritual journey, his role, my role, they're both important. My own ministry, my outreach, my involvement in what the church is doing, or some great thing that I'm working on, the project, the success of that project depends, yes, on God, but also on me. It's very important to get that. A lot of times we oversimplify, well, God will just take care of everything. That's not how it works. First of all, let's zoom out. Our Lord is going to encounter Zacchaeus, but this is in a series of encounters of Jesus testing those who come to him. It's almost like he's saying, do you really want this? How badly do you want this? So like less than a chapter ago, it was the rich young man who comes to Jesus and he says, he's like open, he's responding, like he's coming to the Lord Jesus, he's heard so much about him. He says, Lord, what, what must I do? What must I do to have eternal life? And our Lord doesn't make it easy. He tests him. First he says the commandments. 
And the rich young man's like, oh, I got that. Then Jesus says, you need to work on this. And the rich young man, you could say, fails the test. He walks away sad. He couldn't do that in the case of giving up all the riches he was so attached to. Following Christ, deepening his own prayer and spiritual life for the rich young man proved too hard for him. What's ironic is that he walked away before he'd even tried. His perception of what was being asked wasn't right, but he didn't even try. He just imagined, oh my gosh, like giving up my riches would be way too much, I couldn't do that. So he walks away, missing it entirely, without even trying. One of the most tragic stories of the entire Gospel. Then you have the blind man, and just very simply, the blind man was calling out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus at first doesn't answer, tests his resolve, challenges his faith. Do you really want this? Keep calling out, persist. Be resilient in your faith, in your prayer. Our Lord shows us the things we need to work on. The Lord shows us where we are weak and vulnerable. And so you have this one encounter, another encounter, and now today you're getting to Zacchaeus. So let's talk about Zacchaeus a little bit. It says, like we, like we mentioned, he wanted to see Jesus. So Zacchaeus, like the other two, he, he'd heard something, he had some initial experience, some sort of invitation, like I heard the rumors about this miracle worker, this rabbi, I went to Boo Bingo, I had a great time, and I want to find out what more is going on in Holy Family, so I come for more, I'm looking for more. There was an initial conversion experience, and I want to go deeper. That's where we're at. But the first thing we realize is that Zacchaeus is impeded from seeing Jesus. Amelie, why was Zacchaeus impeded? What was his problem? He couldn't see Jesus because why? Yes! He was too short. She was sleeping. Just kidding. He was too short. Thank you, Emily. He was too short. All oh, the poor short people. It's like your Bacchus parade at Mardi Gras, you know, and you're the short guy and like two rows of tall people and ladders and everything else. No one's making room for you. Forget it. You're out of luck. You're not going to see a darn thing the entire parade. That's Zacchaeus. He's hindered. He's impeded. Something in his nature, and especially our fallen nature, makes it initially hard to go deeper in the relationship with Jesus Christ, the relationship that God wants to have with us. God did the work. He did the invitation. But there's something in me in some way that has to change or some sort of test, some sort of obstacle, some extra effort is required. I came to church and I heard this thing and it kind of turned me off. This teaching of the church, I don't, I don't buy that, so I'm, I'm, I'm out. That was too hard. Or I prayed in adoration for like an hour. I didn't feel a thing, so I'm not coming back. Or I got involved in this ministry or PSR or something else, and I ran into some initial conflict and like, I, I give up. I give up. It was too hard. There was some impediment. My OCD, like, Father, I come to Mass, but after the first two minutes, you lost me, and you talked forever, so I'm not coming back. We're going to have that struggle. It's real. So, bear with me. Even the crowds, okay? This is Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Go back to that Mardi Gras scene. You think anybody wanted Zacchaeus to come? Hey, hey Zacchaeus, come stand next to me. No way. They made it harder for him. The people there with Jesus made it harder for him. Some Catholics, Christians, make it sometimes harder for us. 
their actions, their attitudes, their bad behavior, their scandal. That's real. And so Zacchaeus, in that first initial conversion and honeymoon phase, you could say, it's stopped. It's challenged. It's checked. Now, if Zacchaeus is the rich young man, how would the story end? He gets there, and he gives up. He walks away sad. He's happy. I guess I'll settle for the status quo in my relationship with God and religion. I'm done. I tried. If God really wanted it, he would have made it easy for me. You know what we call that in the case of God, Jesus? We call that bad discernment. Poor discernment. Because you're following Jesus Christ. So what's it going to look like? It's going to look like this. What does Zacchaeus actually do? And I want us to learn from this. We need to watch this. He doesn't walk away. He runs ahead. He climbs a sycamore tree. I don't know what a sycamore tree looks like, but he climbs a sycamore tree. Guys, he's not wearing gym pants and tennis shoes. He's coming from the tax post. He's in his professional attire. Going back to the chosen with Matthew or, or Zacchaeus, he's in his very nice shoes, okay? The third or fourth set of matching perfect shoes. He's climbing a tree. He looks like an idiot. And he's the tax collector. You don't think the people around him are snickering? Oh my gosh, look at Zacchaeus. You see what he's doing? You see what that guy's doing? He's such a loser. Look at him try. As if. I'm, I wouldn't even dare. How embarrassing for him. He's even taking a risk. You can imagine, like, the, at some point, the, the town official or the owner of the sycamore tree is going to come out and say, Hey, get off my tree! He's taking a risk. I think we need to be surprised at that response. We need to be moved by that response. Is my response like that? Would the Pharisees have done something like that? To see our Lord, the religious, religious people, would they have done that would it, of his time? Every time you and I hear the same kind of doubting, cynical whispers in our heart, or we run into obstacles, whatever it is, how come God didn't do whatever? How come God lets this bad thing happen? How come I didn't feel anything in adoration? I guess God doesn't want me in that ministry or this ministry because he would have made it easier. So I walk away. Anything I'm, anytime I'm tempted like that, that's the first test. A first test in following our Lord. Get used to it. Because that's always the way it's going to be. Am I able to get past that initial test? Or do I get stuck? Especially in this case, the struggle is my own nature, my fallen nature. It's not easy for me to live the way Jesus calls me to live for whatever reason. That initial stuckness. Do I persist? Is my faith resilient? My relationship with Jesus, my love for him, is it resilient? Is it real? Or is it kind of shallow? What you need to notice is Jesus, God, responds to that response. You want to encounter God? Your response has to look something like that. Zacchaeus didn't want to see Jesus. Zacchaeus really wanted to see Jesus. He was determined to see Jesus. And even just for Zacchaeus, a glimpse was all he wanted. But watch Jesus. Watch how he responds he stops the entire parade of crowds and people. He stops under the sycamore tree and looks up at Zacchaeus because as if he knew he was going to be there because he did. And he's moved by that response. 
He changes the entire plan for that day and the next. And not just for Zacchaeus, catch this, okay? The whole town now gets another day with Jesus. The entire town benefits from Zacchaeus' faith and resilience. Zacchaeus, today I must stay with you. I will stay in Jericho another day. Drew Brees is going to be at Holy Family an extra day. But the pews would be full then. Just kidding. There's a lot there. But Zacchaeus passes the first test, and already there's a benefit. Already there's fruit. But watch, because it doesn't stop there. Another test. If you're the crowds, and Zacchaeus got Drew Brees to stay, or whoever, Jesus, right? To stay another day. What's your reaction? Thanks, Zacchaeus. Oh my gosh, I know I was kind of mean to you last week, but you got this to happen for me? Wow, he's going to stay in our town another day because of you? Thanks, Zacchaeus. Thank you. Is that their reaction? Is that the crowd's reaction? Not at all. Not even a little bit. Oh my gosh, Jesus, like Peter, does your master know who he's staying with? He's staying with a tax collector, like that guy, the loser. He's staying with the guy that nobody hangs out. Does he realize what he's doing? Now, if I'm Zacchaeus, my first reaction might be pride. My pride might react. Oh my gosh, you just threw me under the bus. I can't believe it. I'm so embarrassed. I'm, I'm out. I'm, Jesus, you know, I'm really, I'm actually not worthy that you should, should come under my roof. Go with someone else. Maybe just keep on going to the next town. I'm done. That was, that was too hard for me. They threw me under the bus and I can't handle that. My pride can't handle that. So I'm out. Or maybe in the same pride, he says, what? You're going to accuse me of watching? Hey, Mr. Smith, by the way, your taxes next week, they're going to triple. Forget you. I'm out. Pride. Is that how Zacchaeus reacts? No. I love the way Luke describes it. Zacchaeus stood there. Zacchaeus stood firm in the trial, even of his pride. As he's being humbled, he takes it. Because the one thing he knows is what I had before, the life, I'm done with that. I was getting nothing out of that. He's overwhelmed by the fact that Jesus would want to stay with him, and that's the only thing that matters. Everything else, he's pretty much already sold it. I'm, I'm good. I don't care what they think of me. I'm so detached from all those things that used to mean so much to me, including their opinion of me, not to mention my riches, my wealth, my comfort, my luxury. And Zacchaeus goes to Jesus, so humbled and overwhelmed by Jesus' love for him. Lord, all my wealth, I give half of it to the poor. All those things that I counted on before, I give half of it away. And if I cheated anyone, which he probably cheated everyone, I will pay them back three times over. Guys, look at his bank account. It just went to almost zero. He passed the test, and Jesus acknowledges it. Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is an heir to the promises of your ancestor Abraham. Someone's raising your card like, Father, are you done yet? Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, almost. Two more tests. This one's a little footnote. Because it doesn't stop there, right? Another test. I call this the test of time. And it's not in the story, but we can imagine it because of our own experience. So fast forward, there's a story. Jesus stays a day and whatever happens, beautiful, great. 
Two years go by. Zacchaeus, formerly first class, upper echelon in society, now he's lower class, financially. All of his friends and tax collectors and the people who, do they still hang out with him? Oh, you, you've changed your life. You don't, you're no fun anymore. You're, always, you're this holy person. Like, I don't know about you. How's that working for you, Zacchaeus? How are you liking that low income status? Can you hear the whispers of the enemy in, in, in his head? Can you hear the test? The temptations? Oh, this was a mistake. I was so foolish. I was so naive to surrender to my faith, to let Christianity tell me what to do, to follow these teachings of the church. That was a mistake. Christ's way is too hard. But he persevered. You have, you have to understand, like, if Luke still knew about Zacchaeus when he's writing his gospel, chances are Zacchaeus was a well-known, very devout Christian and key column in the community. He persevered. Third test. Another one, and I was kind of distracted by this, and this is the last one. Um, it's not really Zacchaeus, but I think it's a test of the crowds. And I think we need to learn from it in our first world society. Watch the crowds, because their question, their litmus test is, who does Jesus hang out with? Who's Jesus going to dine with? Who are his peeps? There's a party at Zach's house. Jesus is going to be there. Oh my gosh, that's, is it Zach's house? Forget it. I'm not going. I don't hang with that class of people. He's in his own group. I'm in my lunch group. We don't, we don't, we don't associate with each other. He's a tax collector, people. He's a low life. He's a loser. Who does Jesus hang with? And depending on that is whether or not I will go. But you're invited. Jesus is going to be there. He wanted you to come. Yeah, but I don't go to that. Or, early in the same gospel, Jesus was dining with a Pharisee, an elder, a leader, a holy, like a religious person, supposedly. Maybe my reaction is, um, no, I don't do the religious stuff. I'm not even worthy. Like, let him hang with the good people. I'm not, I do, too, many, too much baggage in my past, too many sins. I'm not worthy. I'm not going. That's not for me. And we miss, based on who Jesus hangs with. Or Jesus hangs with the simple people, the ones who just believe easily without too many questions or overthinking, and I'm too intellectual. That's too low for me. God has to explain himself to me. And all my doubts about religion and Christianity and Jesus, God needs to answer each and every one, because I need to understand fully, I don't hang with those simple people. They're not smart enough for me. They're too naive. So therefore, I miss the invitation to follow our Lord more closely, to have a moment of encounter with God himself. I missed it, because who God hangs with. Secular society might say, oh my gosh, Jesus is hanging with those religious, judgmental people. Uh-uh, uh no, I can't deal with that. I only hang with real, non-judgmental people. That's all I hang with, the real, non-judgmental people. I love that statement. You know why I love that statement? Because what did that person just do? Just judged everybody. That non-judgmental person. <laughs> it's silly. But I hear it all the time. All religious people are so judgmental, I can't hang with them. Wow. If those are the people Jesus seems to spend time with, then I'm out. Sorry, but I can't deal with that. Those people at church, those people in that parish, parish so-and-so, I'm not going there because they're kind of weird and I can't hang there. I'm not going to be part of that because it's those people. I'm not going to Father So. I mean, my church does it at Mass on this day or that day, but I don't want to go to receive communion from Father So-and-so, so I'm not going. So I'm going to miss Mass. I'm going to miss Christ. 
because of people he hangs with. I'm not going to be in that ministry. I'm not going on that retreat because that's for this kind of people and all that. Another test. Can I pass that test? Do I pass that test? It was never their invitation to me. It was his invitation to me. It was between me and him, not me and them. Only me and him. A lot of ways that our Lord does gently nudge us, invite us, a first impression, a first response, I want to see more, I want to go deeper, and then he tests us. He allows us to be tested. In many, many ways. Get used to that. That's the only Jesus there is. We're about to receive Holy Communion, which means God himself, in the flesh, is coming under your roof, under your sycamore tree, What's your reaction? Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. But only say the word. Lord, go where you want in my heart. I can take it. My faith is not fragile. Test me. Show me where my faith is weak in your teachings, in your life, in your ways, in your people that I'm struggling to forgive or hang out with, in my own heart, my own weakness. Show me my weakness. If it's going to get in the way of following you, I would like to see it. Help me to detach. Harden my faith. Strengthen my faith. Because without you, I can't do it. Make my faith resilient. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us to give us that gift. We ask our Blessed Mother, who has always watched the people's reactions to her son, urge them on. I do believe that each one of them probably would have gotten another chance if they would have been open to it. We ask our Lord, if we've messed up in the past, if we've missed some opportunities, it's never too late. Today is a new day of our Lord walking under my sycamore tree, under my light. Lord, please come in. Lord, please don't pass me by. Lord, I promise my house will be welcoming to you and to anyone who comes with you. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.